SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not your neighbor, and it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Let's Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. All right, the late night anger match of the class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. George Kurtz going to join us in a couple of minutes. We're going to talk hockey and some baseball uh, with Kurtz. So let's continue this Ben Simmons conversation. The chat is fired up about Ben Simmons. Now, listen, Ben Simmons makes a lot of money. I get it. Now, that's the problem. Ben Simmons isn't terrible. The problem with Ben Simmons is he's not a number two. He's not like your star player. Like, And Scoop Jackson's right. He thinks he's a mega superstar. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, over the years thought he was too. Hell, remember, we got into it with Teddy Covers last week on Thursday. I told him, Ben Simmons sucks, Teddy. He told me, oh, he does a lot of things. And, oh, he's, oh, oh, no, he'd be on my team anytime. I said he's terrible. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's terrible, but you know what I mean. I was just calling out Ben Simmons because I knew this was going to happen. Ben Simmons needs out of Philadelphia. He needs to have a summer of reflection. And I'll tell you what, he says he's playing in the Olympics, right? So play in the Olympics with Australia. Don't be a jackass to everybody. Be humble, practice, work on your shooting, come back with a chip on your shoulder, and get the hell out of a city that people are burning your jerseys. Now, where does he go? Now, we're getting all kinds of people throwing it out here. Uh, right now, what's the best place for him? Somebody brought up Kuzma, Los Angeles. Like, who can you trade him for? Listen, the rumors are right now, the Raptors is, is something that's popping up. And it's not just me. It's just it's one of these deals that just sort of makes sense because Lowry's been connected to the Sixers. And the Sixers want Lowry. The Sixers want Lowry. So this comes down to basically it would be like, listen, Kyle, do you want to go there? If you're going to go there, we'll do a sign and trade and we'll get something out of this instead of losing. And we'll get Ben Simmons in here. But Ben Simmons makes a lot of money. So Philadelphia, and you know how the NBA works. you got to throw in a pile of crap and lay all that cap stuff and all that. But if you're the Toronto Raptors, guys, you got to remember, you can't really sign free agents, all right? You can and you can't. You can only get, like, international guys. He's an international guy, right? Not everybody's going to want to move to Canada next year. Right, so you got to pick your spots. If you can get a guy in a deal, that's how they got Kawhi Leonard in a trade. Right, so Masai's got to be creative. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Now, as far as you know, what people are talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves that you know what he needs to go to a team that is out of the limelight and stuff. If he's in Minnesota and stuff, people aren't going to be throwing water bottles at him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in the same way, he won't be hated like in Philadelphia. I don't think he's as done, but the problem with Ben Simmons is he makes too much money for what he does. Like, there's nothing wrong. If you t- if, if I know coming in, all right, listen, this dude's going to give me 14 rebounds. He's going to give me nine assists. It's pretty good. How many points going to give me? 
I don't know. He might give you eight. He might give you four. He might give you 14 on a good night if he's really feeling it, 17 in a regular season against a bad team. But let's be real. When it matters, what can you count on Ben for? Eight points, 10 points? It's a problem for what he makes. Let's just be real. That's his problem. He can contribute on the floor. He's a good defensive player. He can rebound. He's a good passer. But you can't pay someone $40 million a year to do that. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up with everybody else. In between, uh, we've got Matthias. And Matthias, uh, I don't know what it is, but your Clippers always play the same night. My Canadians are playing along with the playoffs here. But before we get Kurtz in, what's your take on Ben Simmons? Where do you think he's going to end up? Like, he's not going to be a sixer next year, right? He's not going to be a sixer. So. But he's not going to be an easy guy to trade. you got to come up with like players that make a lot of money. And like it's complicated. There's talk about C.J. McCollum. There's talk about, like, you know, there's a lot of talk. I think the Lowry thing makes a lot of sense. There's a couple other teams that, uh, that they're talking about that could be in the mix. The Golden State Warriors are always sort of kicking the tires on players whenever they're available. What do you think? What's your prediction for Ben Simmons? He's out of Philadelphia, Gabe. You know, when you don't take a shot in the – you know, in the NBA playoffs in a game seven, you definitely got to be out of there, especially when you're representing Philadelphia. I'm thinking he lands somewhere maybe in Chicago. You know, what if he works out something? That's not crazy. For a Levine deal, something crazy like that. You know, there are going to be teams that are going to want him because they're going to want to try to fix him. Like you said, you know, there's a lot of talent there, but he has to get a jump shot, man. It's a jump shooting league. You know what, Matthias, not a bad, uh, and what's up, Doug, in the Windy City, actually, speaking of Chicago. Uh, shout out to our boy Doug who just checked in the chat. It's not a bad call, Matthias, actually. Chicago Bulls, you know, like there's, you know, some, like you said, I'll disagree with that with Scoop. There's going to be, there'll be a lot of general managers. Like, you know, like this isn't, they're not talk show hosts, these guys, right? They're, they're, they're more sane type of people. But they're, what everyone's going to do is I guarantee you, right? Dude, Philadelphia's phone is going to be ringing hardcore, all right? Their phone's going to be ringing like a Coke dealer on Oscar night. So, the thing is, everybody's going to be trying to rip them off. (laughs) Everybody's going to say, listen, I'll take on Ben Simmons, but I need you to pick up this, and I'm going to give you these really two bad contracts in return. Hey, hey, but hey, if somebody else wants to take on that contract, you know, give me a call back. I guarantee you, everybody's going to come in lowballing, right? Because they know, they're like, Ben Simmons is like a cryptocurrency that's worth nothing right now, but could be worth something. I'm telling you, he just needs to get out of Philadelphia. I've ripped Ben Simmons. I'm a Raptor fan. I say bring him aboard. I don't have a problem. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let the NBA rumors begin. NBA draft lottery tomorrow night. 
Oh, man, our chat got fired up. Scoop Jackson really lit everybody up. Ben Simmons is a polarizing, uh, polarizing figure, and it's funny because Ben Simmons um, is not the only guy who's going to be on the market. And right now we see um, Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball. Do you drop Ben Simmons with Zion Williamson? And if you look, that's not crazy. That's not crazy. Side and trade type stuff. If you look at the Pelicans, Ben Simmons is a good defensive player. The Pelicans don't need more offense. They got Brandon Ingram. They got Zion Williamson. They actually want you to stay out of the way. I think we just found a good team for Ben Simmons. They don't need scoring. They need defense. The Pelicans score 140 points a night and lose all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost perfect. It's like, all right, bye-bye, Lonzo. We're going to bring in this defensive guy that won't even get in the way. He don't. He won't take bad threes like Lonzo because he can't two, shoot a three. He's almost perfect for the Pelicans. He really is for what they need. You got Brandon Ingram, you got Zion. They don't need another score. They need a guy that can actually rebound and play defense. There's your fit right there. The Pelicans. Let's bring in um, let's bring in George Kurtz right now, who uh, is not all fired up about these NBA rumors. How you doing, Kurtz? <laughs> well, it's uh, I've had better nights. Let's put it that way. <laughs> At least the Yankees didn't play right and lose. <laughs> Couldn't like. Hey, listen, I was on the Islanders tonight, so I feel your pain, Kurtz. And you know what? I even took I put three bets on him. I put three bets on him. I took the Islanders to win the game. I took the Otters plus a puck and a half, parlay with the Canadians plus a puck and a half tomorrow night. And I took uh, the under in the game, Kurtz. 0 for 3, buddy. I had the under as well. I had Tampa Bay winning the game, but I had the under. It, listen, I guess as a fan, if you're going to lose, lose big. right? Get destroyed. Yeah, you can't play any of the games in your head. Oh, if only this bounce would have went our way. If the ref would have called this. you know. Oh, if this player would have done that. No. no you, you, got, you got destroyed. You got wrecked. Just disappointed to show up that way. I mean, the biggest game, uh, I guess it's last year's game five, but uh, just wow. Eight, nothing. Damn. Did not see that coming. You know, so what's the deal with Barzal? What do you what do you what do you think is going to happen? Uh, do you think he's going to get suspended? I don't think so. We've seen worse things in this postseason. Not you, get you can't, how can you suspend him? Actually, if you think about it, when you saw George, you watched the Canadians Vegas game. There were like twenty two things that happened that were worse than that in the Canadians game. Like there were some serious vicious boarding and punching in the face going on in the Habs Knights game. That was a little rough. I think the fact that he jostled with the referee after was, wasn't good. It was like, bro, now you look like you're unhinged, right? It's like you got to calm down, right? Like it was like, all right, you lost it. You hit the guy in the head for a second. Fine. Then you sort of, you jostle with the referee. That wasn't a good look. But I would have a bad taste. Like I don't see how they could suspend him. I, I will agree with you, Kurtz. Yeah, I mean, I think if this was the regular season, we'd have a different conversation here. Yeah, I think this is a game in January. Yeah, I think he's getting a game. Yeah, he hasn't been suspended uh, before. He has no history of uh, fines, at least not for uh, anything like that. He does have uh, been fined for embellishment, but not for violence. So I don't think he'll be suspended. You know, certainly as an announcement, I hope not. But, you know, this is what Trotz has gotten on him before about Gabe, is doing stupid stuff. Late yeah. games where he, usually it's more like you know brain dead stuff more than this, but uh, just dumb. You want to hit the guy, that's fine. Go hit him. Don't hit him in the head where you might get DPS involved. I mean, not not too bright there. The, the, the night as a whole wasn't really all that bright. Um, now I see uh, people in our chat. Ryan Hanger's a fan of yours. He says shout out uh, to Kurtz. He's tuning in for you. He says not even me. 
because I'm here for Kurtz. See, you got a fan in, in Toronto there. Uh, Bruce Chad says that it should have been a two-minute penalty. What are you on crack, Bruce? He cross-checked him in the face. <laughs> uh, side like, of the head. I mean, yeah, he got well, what he deserved. Same I thing. Thought, head, I thought, face. I thought it was just. Huh? Yeah, no, I, 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 no, just. no, 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 no. I'm hardcore. That was just of kicking him out of the game for. Like like I yes. said, the jostling with the ref for me, that's what I'd be like, all right, you're done. Like, that's enough now. Like, if you would have just shut up and went to the box, it would have been fine. But you, like, you know, giving the arm and all that, I, like, if I was the ref, I'd be like, all right, all right, yeah, 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 go to the room, man, because you, you're unhinged. You're, you're unhinged. But the problem, the problem is there's no consistency, George, in the NHL playoffs, right, when you watch this game by game in these two series. By period, by period, it's different what they call. It's insane. It's terrible. And, and that's the most annoying thing. I don't care if the rep is calling every little thing as long as he's calling it. And you know it. As, yeah, if you know that. that. They want to know. They want to know. It's like an umpire in a strike zone for the umpire. If you know you're calling the, uh, a 24-inch plate, okay, we know we got to swing the bat. And vice versa if he's calling a small plate. Same thing for an NHL ref. We want to know what you're going to call. The players want to know. Are you calling splash? You're calling stick penalties. You're calling body penalties. You know, you, okay, no face mushing. He's calling that. He's going to give everybody two minutes. Fine. Or you're letting everything go. Yeah, that's what we want to know. That's what the players want to know. And I think, once again, as fans, we want to know that. We don't. I think the most annoying thing about the uh, Montreal game last night, if you're not going to penalize the punch to the face, or jab to the face, <laughs> but then a couple minutes later, you call a tiki tack one. That's what's so frustrating. Let everything go then. If you're going to let it go, let it go. It's, it just drives me insane when I see that. And I don't want to listen. I don't, I don't want to get on Chris Lee and pile on this guy, but you're staring right well, at him. Oh, let's no pile case. on him. What do you mean you want to no pile on Chris Lee? Chris uh, Lee is a pile. Listen, I don't like saying this. You know, it's a little harsh, but he's a pile of crap, that guy. All right? He's a pile of crap. He should be ashamed of himself. I don't know how he sleeps at night. You're stealing money. You're a disgrace to the National Hockey League and it's shield, Chris Lee. You're a disgrace to every honest and good referee that's ever ever been a linesman or referee in the National Hockey League. Like, you really are, just, like I said, you're a disgrace to the game. It's as simple as that. And, you know, Chris, you know, he's a, he's a Canadian's hitman, all right? The Canadians only win 36% of the time when he refs, 100 games, so a big sample size. He calls penalties on the Canadians at a 13.8% clip more than he does on any other team. There's only one other team that he hates more than the Canadians, the Philadelphia Flyers for some reason. He screws them over all the time too. He's a terrible referee and there's no excuse and it's not acceptable that he keeps getting these assignments, yet why does he? Because the teams keep winning. Right? Like, if, if Chris, if Vegas would have lost the other night, I bet you the league would have panicked about the refereeing. Oh, we better do something about the refereeing. Vegas won. They got what they wanted. Vegas won seven straight periods without a penalty, George, against the Colorado Avalanche. The only penalties they got for seven straight periods in a series that was wildly vicious and hard-hitting. Um, the only penalties they got for seven straight uh, periods, George, at the end of the series there, was when they flicked the puck over the glass on their own. When they had to call it. So... This, this is no secret. Like, the hit job is in. The fix is in. The rig is in for Vegas. All right? And it's up to the Canadians to avoid it. And I'm not going to say, I'm not using it as an excuse, although I don't know if you saw the goal, Kurtz. How is that not a goal, Kurtz? If the puck is in the glove and the glove is in the net, don't tell me, well, we can't see the puck. No, you're never going to see the puck. The, the, the glove isn't see-through. Yeah, it isn't a common sense, George. They're like, oh, it's not definitive. 
What do you mean it's not definitive? If the puck is in the glove and the glove is on the other side of the red line, that's a damn goal, Kurtz. I agree. And I thought it should have been awarded a goal. I don't. I, I won't flip out about that one as much as some of the other ones because I can see where they're going to make the argument. We don't know exactly where the puck is. You know, the, 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 the camera on the goal line is not exactly even. It's, it's a goal. Listen, I believe it was a goal. Why do we have a digital chip, Kurtz, either at this point? Uh, like, so like ding, this, ding, I, ding, 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 ding. Do you agree with that? Like, I was thinking about that. 100% agree. I'm like, I'm like it's 2021, 100% guys. agree. Can't we tell if Come the on. damn piece of rubber crossed the line or not? You know, you get Mike Blute involved here who wants it in football. He, who goes off on that for, you know, that they, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they use it in practice. Ben Roethlisberger admitted that, but they can't use it during a game. It's a joke. Same thing with the NHL. How can you not have a chip in a puck? How much can this possibly cost where you have to, you can't do this? And you'll automatically know if it's a goal or not. Yeah, because there's a lot of plays of review we can't tell for sure, right? We're not exactly positive. The goalies go all over. We don't know where the puck is underneath them. A chip would solve that problem. I am 100% in agreement with you to put a chip in the puck. God, it's annoying. But whatever. They, they want a Sun Belt series, and uh, they're close to getting it. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. work. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gable Berenci. Wow. The Tampa Bay uh, Lightning, after suffering a loss, so coming off a loss since the start of the 2020 playoffs, their record 12-0. Goals 4-49, goals against 19 the hell like man what the hell was i betting the honors tonight for i mean you're you're an islander fan even you took the lightning tonight i actually bought in and i was like you know what it's too they could do this all right they can do this they can they can pull this off tonight back to back and put pressure on tampa evidently i was wrong and i gotta tell you kurtz i don't you know i'm sure you don't want to hear this guy's name right now but Braden point probably the most underrated player in the national hockey league Nobody ever talks about him, really, like, as a star. Even in Tampa, he doesn't get, like, you know, people don't talk about him first when they talk about that team, right? Um, but this guy's just unbelievable right now. Yeah, I'm not really happy with the number eight. You know, and that was those eight-nothing point is scored in eight straight games. Uh I mean, I, the reason I bet, I mean, this, this, this series has gone the way I thought it would. I think we talked about it last Monday, where I thought the Islanders would, they would split. I thought the Islanders would lose game three yeah, because yeah. they had lost every game three. They won game four. I thought they would lose tonight. I did not think they would get destroyed today. I, that's why I picked the under. I thought, yeah, okay, 3-2, maybe I lose by the empty net. 2-1, I could see that too. Uh, I guess we should have taken the third period in game four as an omen. Where Tampa Bay just, they were, one thing, they were on fire. They were on fire. They really should have tied that game up if not for a uh, you know a great play by Pulak or a right place at the right time, whatever you want to look at it. That game's tied, go to overtime. Who knows what's going on then? I think the most disappointing thing today is, sure, if you're an, um, the most optimistic, optimistic Islander fans, they got some bounces in the first period. 
But there were so many odd man rushes. That score could have been oh. much worse. Oh, was it three nothing after one? It could have been six nothing. It was a joke. It, was a, Gabe, it, I, it reminded me of a team playing the second half of a back to back in December. I just didn't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. There was really a there was a point, George, in the first period, man. Stamkos literally just skated around someone like a pylon, like he just went around like it was like it was like the Islanders didn't have blades on their skates, and Tampa was just flying flying past them like like a hundred miles an hour. It was like that, and you know, Fanduel had numbers up for the most valuable player. What do they call Con Smythe um, uh, Trophy? And I think Tampa's going to win the cup. I think Tampa's going to win the cup, and I think Braden Point's going to get the, the most valuable player. How can you not give it to him? So, like, player, get this. Players with 13 goals and back-to-back postseasons. We're not even done. He's not even done in the postseason. Braden Point. So, he's 13 more and more goals and back-to-back postseasons. Who, how many other players do you think have done this in NHL history, George? Oh, God. 13 goals yeah, or more in back-to-back playoff seasons. Easier to score goals back in the day, but you didn't play as many playoff games. Not a lot. There's only five guys that have done this before in NHL history. I was going to say three. I was going to say three. Wayne Gretzky. That was an easy one. Mario Lemieux. Okay. Yari Curry. Uh, I don't think I would have gotten Curry. Mike Bossy. Bossy was on my mind. Kevin Stevens. Definitely wouldn't have gotten Stevens. Kevin Stevens. So... Wayne Gretzky, Oilers, Mario Lemieux, Penguins. Yari Curry was on the same Oiler team with Wayne Gretzky. Mike Bossy, the great New York Islander, and Kevin Stevens, the Pittsburgh Penguin. So those are the only players to score 13 or more goals in back-to-back postseasons. Braden Point joins them. Not bad. Uh, not pretty good company if you're Braden Point, bro. <laughs> like, well, this you is Hall of Fame stuff. Said it. If he wins another Stanley Cup and he wins another ring and he has this, like, yeah, dude, yeah, welcome to Toronto. You're going to the Hall of Fame, kid. <laughs> like one of those deals. But is he the best player in the NHL that we don't consider a great player? Well, so that's what I'm saying. Like, no one talks about him in that in that superstar. We talk about McDavid. We talk about Matthews. We talk about Ovechkin. We talk about Kucherov. We talk about uh, uh, Kucherov. We team. talk about Stamkos. Kucherov, right, Stamkos. You know what I'm team. saying? Vasilevsky's a big name. Stamkos at this point. Tampa is loaded. I do th- I've said it many times. I think they're the best team in the NHL. I don't think that's changed. I was certainly worried about their defense in the first round, but that got fixed. You know, they played much better as the series went on, and uh, they're just loaded. I mean, there's no obvious weakness here, and that's no. the problem. And you cannot take a penalty against this team. Offense, defense, special teams. They're good at all ends. And... And so Braden Point has a goal in eight straight playoff games, moving in the sole possession of second place for the longest uh, goal-scoring streak in single postseason NHL history. They're just rolling uh, right now. They just have that next level, Tampa, as well, right? Like when they want to take it up a notch, they want to dial it up, uh, they're, they're, able, they're able to do so. And as you stated, absolutely no weaknesses. Uh, but, you know, he just is. He's an underrated player. But people are finding out about Braden Point right now, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, he certainly made a name for you score eight goals in eight games, especially in this day and age where it's just very hard to score in, you know, three straight games, more or less eight. Uh, fantastic job. And they just, like I said, they're so fast, so skilled. And Braden Point, you don't even think about him. You know, it's, it's, he's not going to be the first, third, fourth guy that comes to your head when you think of uh, Tampa Bay because of the guys you named, Stamkos, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, and then you might get to him. 
And you might, you know, that might even somebody else who comes to mind before him. Hedman maybe comes to mind as well. Uh, just a loaded team, loaded team. No matter, I don't care how they uh, finagle the salary cap this year, which they definitely played games with. But uh, this team is going to—they're not going away anytime soon. Updated, uh, updated number right now for the series: Tampa Bay Lightning minus six fifty, New York Islanders plus four thirty. So, Barry Trotz—I don't know if you saw his comments after the game. Trot said, you know what, there's no panic. He said, you know, I told the guys after the game. I, you know, I like Trot's honesty. He said, uh, they said, did you talk to the team after the game? He said, you know what, I told them the same thing I'm going to tell you right now. He said, we're going to have to be a lot better. <laughs> said, we're going to have to be a lot better. But I've been around this group for a long time, and I know they're going to respond to be ready. How do you think they respond at home on Wednesday night? Well, they'll certainly be better. You can't be worse. I mean, it'll be at the Coliseum. and that place will still be rocking. But uh, once again, you know, third period of that game the other night was poor as well. So this was at the continuation of that. Uh, they got to play better. They just have to play better. And boy, it would be just so nice as an Islander fan if they could just score the first goal. Yeah, I said we talked last week. I had the Islanders winning Game Six, but I did not have it after coming after pretty much losing four straight periods. All right, I did not see an eight-nothing game happening. I did not see them getting uh, dominated in the third period of uh, Game Four. So I am much less confident than I was. You know, I think Volov was in the problem. Yeah, what I you, think Trotz did the right thing. What are you going to do with the goaltending? What do you do? You going to go back to Varlamov? Either way, it was those goals weren't his fault. The first was he in the first three? Yeah, I think? Uh, they weren't his fault. No, it was a shooting gallery. But at the same point in time, he didn't look good. And let's be real, he got his ass saved on Saturday night, bro. He was sliding all over the place. Yeah. He was out of the net. That could have been a goal. There was early, you know. He, was, he's not, he wasn't dialed in, Kurtz. We'll put it that way. You could tell. I knew right away he was shaky. Watching the game tonight, I knew right away. But like you said, I don't think it would have mattered if Ken Dryden or Billy Smith was between the pipes the way Tampa were playing, right? Really, let's be real. Agreed. I mean, you could have you could have Patrick Roy and Martin Brodor in net. I don't think that would have damn bit of difference. Uh, they, they, the Islanders didn't show up. It's just we. What was the last thing you could say during a playoff game that a team doesn't show up? Other than a game one, you know, Vegas against Colorado. I know. I mean, especially in such a tight series, eh, Kurtz? That just one Weird. game. It's just like just, wow. Just and you strange. you knew right away, right away, like from from the start, but. I get it. And that was the thing. So you take a goalie out, and then it just gets worse after. So you can't really go back. And now in Vegas, they're going to go back to Leonard here, right? They're not going to mix it up and go back to Flurry. I, d- I doubt he gets that cocky, although you never know with DeBoer. He's pretty full of himself. Um, it worked out. It worked out for him. So, you know, the Islanders and Kurtz, I talked about the stat earlier. Teams that lose game five of an NHL playoff series – that uh, that was tied at two. The, if the, the the team that wins, Kurtz, they win the series seventy eight point eight percent of the time. It's such a backbreaker, Game Five, bro. It's such a backbreaker. What do you think of my theory, though? And this is could be wishful thinking on my behalf. What do you think of my theory, though, that this loss for the Islanders was good for the Canadians? You know, they're in a hotel room watching the game. Right, and they're like, "Oh my God!" Right, <laughs> they're like, "You know, it's gonna come up, bro, in a morning skate." Hey, you saw what happened last night in Tampa. We cannot allow Vegas to come out flying on us. Don't tell me it doesn't come up and it's not on the radar now for the Canadians. Oh, you know it is, because it's it's great for the coach. It's a great. It really is. For the coach. It's like, it's hey, look what happened. You saw it after the Islanders last night. Yeah, All right. the they came out playing today. 
You were bang on, Kurtz. You were right when you said we're the same. We really are. We got to play the same way. We can't let Vegas skate. We got to clog it up and play ugly, and it works for them. Same with the Otters. You still letting Tampa skate. You're dead men walking. Yeah, and neither team has the talent of the other team. No, uh, exactly. And the Islanders, you know, I don't know if the Islanders were resting on their laurels tonight. I don't know what happened tonight. I don't know if there's a. I think it's one of those games, uh, like a football game, when you know you get wrecked and you oh, we're going to burn the tape, we're going to bury the tape, we're not even going to look at that. Same thing with the, uh, the game tonight. If I'm Trotz, I'm, I'm not looking at that tape. No, there was nothing good there, nothing at all. So you burn it, you move on, and you just hope the you know, the team forgets. Uh, I think this. You can make a pretty good argument that Montreal should be up 3-1. I'm not going to talk about the refing, all right? That is, that is what it is. But you and I have talked about it before. If they just could have scored a goal in the first half, oh, of period one, game, game one. one. Man, man. They've been a better team. If you they add have... up the four games, and I get it, it's 50-50 as far as win-loss. But, George, you watch the games. You can't tell me Montreal haven't been the better team through the four games. If it was a boxing match and just going by periods, I would probably hey. give Montreal the 8-4 edge. As far exactly. as you know, and for, I think both teams have yeah, stolen game yeah. from the other, but it's been, yeah. been a f- great series. Hope one goes to Game 7. <sighs> God, I don't know if my heart can survive a Game 7 on Saturday, Curtis, to be honest, in Vegas, but you know what? I want to win tomorrow. Win on Thursday at Montreal, baby. <laughs> All right, more hockey talk, baseball with George Kurtz. We're now just 44 days away from the National Football League preseason starting as well. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. The debate is raging. Everybody's a coach in our chat. Love the passion. Everybody's a coach uh, talking about how the Canadians have to play. <laughs> have to play because I said, I said you can't let them fly around. And and there's a big debate with that. But think one of the reasons George Kurtz, Sports Grid, George Kurtz kicking with us. I am Gable Morency, Series XM, Channel 204. The Canadians, Kurtz, have done a better job of not letting the Vegas defensemen. Like, if you notice, it's not the Vegas stars that are killing them. The Canadians do a good job of that. You know, Deneau's a really good player of that. Like, if you notice, like, Mark Stone, you know what I mean, as good as he is, he hasn't been a massive factor in this series. Right, Patrietti. Patrietti's had a couple of chances, a couple of near misses. He hit a post. Patrietti's coming close. Right, he's come close a few times. Um, But they've done a good job. Now, for me... Petra Angelo and Shea Theodore are just a menace to society. Every time these two dudes take a shot, George, I got to hold my breath, bro. Like I'm like, dear God, oh my God, oh my God. And that's a big disadvantage that Canadians have. Basically, like all the Canadians, defensemen have broken hands. <laughs> they can't shoot, they can't fight, like they can't do anything. Uh, they're playing through a lot of pain. But the Canadians, like defensemen, 
It's Ben Simmons, bad guys. I can give you some stats here and some numbers, but it's like almost all-time type stuff. Like the Vegas defenseman, like shots compared to the Canadian shots. It's like, it's a real problem. It's hard to win in the NHL if none of your defensemen are contributing offensively. And, um, and it's a problem. But they're great defensively. I mean, their penalty kill is great. Um, it's a big game, big game tomorrow night, uh, Kurtz. How do you feel about it? What do you think? You think the Canadians have a chance tomorrow night? Yeah, I do. I think the Canadians have a chance. I don't think they'll bomb like the Islanders did tonight. Uh, I think you make a great point. We're not hearing much from, really, Stone, uh, Carlson. It's not the Riley Smith. He's been on the back of a milk carton. I mean, let's face it. The two guys who scored goals were McNabb and Ruah. Who had those guys in props? I mean, come yeah. on. So uh, when you have Price and he's playing so well, you've got a shot. I don't care how good or bad the uh, team's playing. Canes are banged up. You know, I would like to see what would be happening here. Petrie didn't have the hand issue. You know, I think he's a nice underrated player that, once again, not a lot of people talk about unless you know the NHL. I think they got a shot. I think uh, I'm curious to see what DeBoer does in net. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, guys. So I'm keeping uh, Leonard in there. But Flory played real well. I know he made this massive screw-up in games, and that can't happen. I really hope DeBoer wasn't punishing him for that because I think that's just silly for the way he's played uh, the rest of the playoffs here. But that's a tough call because Leonard, he played great. And I, yep. I would say he's the first star of that game, right? Without him, they don't win that game. Now, Macho would have scored three, four more goals. But, you know, Floyd's played real well, too. He's been the heart and soul of this team for a long time. I'm curious to see what he does. I would start Leonard. So I, I think I'm going to lean. I'm not going to bet on this. I'm going to bet on the under. But I'm not going to bet who wins the game. I don't feel great about it. I'll go with the home team in the, uh, in the Golden Knights just because of uh, what happened tonight. I think they'll get an emotional charge out of Vegas. But... The Canadians will be there. I think it'll be, once again, a 3-2 game, 2-1 game. Same as I thought tonight. It's almost the yeah. same exact series I expect tonight. I don't think it'll be like tonight. I think it'll be a close, low-scoring game tomorrow night as well. Here's the stats from the defensemen in the playoffs with the Canadians. So this is with all three rounds that they played in so far. Opposing defensemen have scored 15 goals in the playoffs on the Canadians. The Montreal Canadiens defensemen have scored one goal. Opposing defensemen have 28 points against the Canadians. The Canadiens defensemen have one point. One point. That's almost a miracle that you can say you're tied to two in the semifinals if your defensemen have contributed one point offensively, George. <laughs> Which means they've contributed nothing. I mean, we don't even know what that, one what that point is. Point. Secondary assist. They mean, no, that was mean, the goal. Uh, yeah, that was the goal. That was the goal. That was the point. One goal. No assist. <laughs> There's the point. One goal. Like, think about that. Like, that's like, you, you, that's, it's, a, it's actually a miracle. Like, I tweeted, we got a big problem with our defensemen offensively. I mean, I don't know. They've only been outscored 15 to 1. They have one freaking goal. No assist. 28, they've been outscored 28 to 1 as far as points are concerned. Shots on goal. Opponents, the, the defensemen have 158 shots on goal. Montreal Canadian defensemen have 107 shots on goal. So how pathetic is that? That the Montreal Canadian defensemen have 107 shots on goal and they've scored once. What a percentage. Less than 1%, George, is their percentile. And you would think with Shea Weber and the shot he has, that that would be look, look, look. a little higher. And look, look, and the opponents, 158 shots, and they've scored, um, they've scored 15 goals. So the opponents have scored, defensemen have scored on 10% of their shots. 
The Canadians have scored on 0.7% of their shots of 107. Like, that's pathetic. Like, that's really bad. <laughs> Let's just be real. In some ways, though, since you've gotten the shots on goal, I might blame this more on the forwards for not getting getting in the, the goaltender's faces. Because that's generally how defense is going to score, unless you've got a guy with a, you know, a blast there. So I might, I might want to talk to my uh, my forwards. Someone's got to get in that uh, goalie's face there, so, like, so he can't see the pucks. Like, who can deflect pucks? Corey Perry's usually pretty good at deflecting pucks. It's another way you get goals there, or they're just missing the rebounds. So uh, that's to me a, a, a more of a team-wide problem than just the defense, because there are very few defenders who are going to score from the point over and over again, especially in this day and age. George Kurtz uh, kicking it uh, with us on the late night anger management class. And yeah, Shea Weber, that's why he can't fight. Shea Weber would have fought, obviously. He's a tough dude. Uh, but he's got bad hands. He can't afford to bust his hand right now. But the thing is, on the flip side, George, it's a system and it's worked for the Canadians because defensively they've been great, right? Let's give credit to the Canadians' defensemen on the defensive end of this. Let's be real. Oh, their top four defensemen, fantastic. I don't think it though. I, th- I think they've been outstanding. They had to. They have to be. Like I said, everything I say about the Islanders, I can say about the Canadians. They have to play from the goaltender on out, which means you do everything you can to protect Price. You don't open it up. You don't want odd man rushes. You protect Price. You keep the shots as as much as you can to the outside. You know, to the outside of the circles, not from the slot, not from in front of Carey. And he'll stop. He's not going to let in the easy shot. You know, see, so they got teams got to work to beat them. And I think for the most part, they've done that. And you'll score enough goals. You know, where you'll get the Tyler Toffley, Josh Anderson, or you'll force other teams into mistakes, which we've seen over and over again. And they'll take advantage of it because they'll be patient because they're, I, the Canadians aren't going to get worried about, oh my God, we're not scoring goals. Because they know they're not going to score goals for the most part. You know, with other teams, high scoring teams, they, they're like, oh, how do we only have one, two goals? We have 48 shots on goal. They'll get frustrated. So I think that's how the Canadians have to play. And I think for the most part, they've done a very good job of that. And I expect them to continue that. Updated series price right now. For the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Vegas minus 300, Canadiens plus 230, series total games. So if you think this series is going to end in six, it's minus 145. To go seven, it's plus 110. The way these two teams are playing against each other, uh, you know, Seven games seems to be on the horizon, doesn't it? Like, I, you know, I'm pretty confident, George, about Thursday night in Montreal. I don't know if I should be. Maybe it's wishful thinking once again, but I am. Um, they're good at home. They let one get away from them. That's the first time they've lost with fans, actually, the other night um, in overtime. I think they get it back at home. So, ideally, they can win tomorrow. And it's a holiday, George, in, in Quebec on Thursday. But not like it's a big time holiday. Like it's a nut job holiday for them to begin with. So it's basically like I don't think they've ever played on this day either in their history. They've never played this late before. Um, so like the Stanley Cup days before the old days, the cup would be over by now, right? Like we're, we're, we're getting later than ever before due to the pandemic, especially this year again. Not like last year, but you know what I mean. Because um, it's crazy, George. Like when the Irons used to win, I you know, and I remember I used to go to the parades and stuff, and I'd see pictures even in books. I, I have like history books, like uh, photo books of the Canadians' history and stuff, and it's like Guy Lafleur at Stanley Cup parade, like with trophy, and it'll say like May twenty seventh, you know, nineteen seventy nine. Guy Lafleur celebrates Stanley Cup at parade in May. Now we're like, oh yeah, we're going to be into July with this stuff. I think the, I would be surprised if this series doesn't go seven. I really would. Uh, I give this series a much better chance of going seven than the Islanders do. 
uh, for a couple of reasons. Like I said, Mongeo has played well. I don't think they're worried about Vegas. And I, we saw Vegas play pretty much. Uh, they didn't play so well at Montreal. So I think even if Montreal loses tomorrow night, tonight, whichever way you want to look at it, they're going to win in Montreal. I, I, I would be surprised if they don't win. So I think it's going at least seven here. But there is one thing that scares me, and that is what we talked about, uh, uh, the officiating. The officiating. It has nothing to do with the yeah. Canadians. It has nothing to do with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, the officiating scares me. Uh, listen, I've complained about the officiating in the Islanders, but that's been more poor officiating. Here it seems to be more than just poor. Like, where something's up. It seems more you one-sided. Your, your series it, is more just the refs are bad. Our series is... Exactly. Come on, George. So Suzuki gets punched in the face right in front of Chris Lee, the referee. No call. Yet Suzuki gets called for, for hooking. He didn't even hook him, George. It was a love tap. Like, he sort of just put a stick up, bro. Like, if everything had happened, you let boarding go. People are boarding each other, and you let that go, but you call the Canadians for that, bro? Come on. The, the dude, they had one penalty called Vegas in a game, and another game in the series, they had zero penalties called on them, George. They went seven straight periods. I don't want to repeat myself all the time. They went seven straight periods against Colorado. The fix is in, Kurtz. That, that's my issue. That I think, uh, as I said, the Allen Tampa series has been bad officiating. I think there's an agenda here. You know, I do. And I hate and saying, Kurt, I truly yeah, hate I saying that. Because I'm a sports fan. fan. I, I want sports to be fair and even. Oh, I, I can deal with poor officials. I can deal with official suck. All right, that happens. You know, I, I get that. But when you think there's an agenda, it, it just annoys the hell out of me. You know, it, it does. I, yeah, I think sports sort are of supposed to here. be. Yeah, sports are supposed to be just let them play. Not what city they're from or what the TV market is, right? Like, Exactly. And what your goal is. But it is true. And you look at the history of teams coming to the league, Kurtz. When Florida came to the league, they got the calls. When the Anaheim Ducks came to the league, they got pushed to the cup. Um, you know, Vegas, they, you know, they changed the expansion rules, George. It's funny when a team from Canada came to the league with the Ottawa Senators. Remember, George, you could protect like 18 out of 20 players on your team? <laughs> You'd have a couple of scrubs. Good luck. Yeah. It was like, listen, you know, it was literally that, guys. It was like 20 guys on the roster in those days. It was like you could protect 17 of them. Vegas coming to the league, listen, you can only protect like three, you know, six forwards, four defensemen, two, one goalie. Like, they do. Look at the team they did for Vegas. They backed over backwards for Vegas. And, and the fact is, because, look, if the Vegas Golden Knights, it's already success there, and if they win a Stanley Cup, they're going to build hockey arenas. Kids will be playing hockey. They'll sell season tickets for the next 20 years. They, you know, they'll be champions. It builds hockey. I don't dispute it that it grows the game, and you don't need to grow the game in Montreal. These nut jobs are already paying big money to go. You don't need to grow the game with the Islanders. The Islanders already have a diehard fan base, right? They don't need to gain New York, the NHL. Right? They'd rather Vegas win. They'd rather Tampa win. They'd rather non-traditional hockey markets win because it grows the game. It's as simple as that. I agree. I think it's all about ratings. I think uh, we talk about this in all sports, about why game times start where they start. You know, why does why in a football game is there a playoff game in Green Bay on a Saturday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm weather team playing during a day because the ratings. NBC says, hey, no, we want Green Bay because that's the way we're going to draw. It's just the way it is. Uh, the TV decides everything. George. The Montreal Canadiens haven't played on a Saturday in three weeks. How is that possible in the NHL playoffs? They haven't played on a Saturday. I'll tell you why it's possible, because they don't want them on TV. You can tell it yourself. They put them on the NHL network and the USA network. People can't even find the damn games. More with Kurtz on the other side. Bring it. Bring it. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Working hard 24 hours a day to give you your USRDA of the winning edge. Everything a growing boy needs. Sit up straight. Get it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, here's another instance going back. I am Renzi, Sirius XM Channel 204, kicking it with George Kurtz. I'm going to talk fast. We're in a three minute warning. Um, 1993. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, LA Kings, Toronto Maple Leafs, blatant bad call, they screwed the Leafs over, send the Kings to the finals, they wanted LA to win with Wayne Gretzky, it didn't happen because the Canadians beat them ironically enough, but think about this Kurtz, alright, so a team for Canada hasn't won since the Canadians in 1993, right, but, so the Canadians won in 86, George, against the Calgary Flames, in 1989, the Calgary Flames beat the Montreal Canadiens, so there's four Canadian teams that went to the finals, 1991, Edmonton Oilers, uh, Bill Radford, they beat the uh, the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals. 1993, the Montreal Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. So a Canadian team won in 86, 91, uh, 86, 89, 91, and 93. So they won, they won, <laughs> they won <laughs> four times in a span of seven years. Gary Bettman becomes commissioner mid-1993 into 1994. They've never won again. Just a coincidence though, right? So this is what they went. They went from suck. So they went from going to cups and winning cups, four cups in seven years from teams from Canada. So what? They just suddenly that year magically could never win again, Kurtz. I wonder why, buddy. I wonder how that worked out that way. It's money. We all know it's money. Uh, it's disappointing. You know, it's really disappointing when you bring this up. Remember they screwed the much. Sabers. They screwed the Sabers. Oh, oh yeah, he was in the crease. They yeah, wanted to in Texas. It was an expansion. It was the bloody rule, George. It was in the crease. It was a dumb rule, but you had called it all year long. All year long, you had called that rule. That if you had any any part of your body in the crease, you're getting the gold waves off. Brett Hall had it. It was obvious. It wasn't even a comb. He might have had. No, he was obviously in the crease. It should have been waved off. It was idiotic. And to this day, that still bothers me. I don't even care about the Buffalo Sabres, but uh, yeah, they got screwed. Really, the NHL has quite an integrity problem, actually, when we start digging in, don't they? Always has. <laughs> like, let's just Always be real. Has. Let's just be real. I mean, and look, what a coincidence that Dallas gets it. Dude, like you said, they, they called out all playoffs, foot in the crease. It was a dumb rule. It is what it is. But when it, you know, Dallas for an expansion team, Texas, build hockey in Texas. Thanks, George. Great stuff. Anytime. 